Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Will with me again, the host of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. Say hello to everyone, Will. Hello, everybody. And today, we are actually going to be talking about the first four episodes of Miss Marvel. Now, I'll be honest with you, whenever it first premiered, I was not too crazy about it. It got me, um, to be honest with you, I needed to get used to the way um, of a young generation of how they watch TV. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Because this is actually geared towards young uh, preteens and stuff like that. But it's also very relatable and very reminiscent to what we would like to actually have if we were actually teenagers of this generation. Because all our lives, we've been looking for a show that's nerdy like us, represents us as a nerd in the nerd culture, and we finally have it, but it's just 22 years later. But still, I like the fact that the main character actually represents us as nerds, and also to she's also a fangirl, someone that's actually looking up to uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I really liked about the character. And of course, you're actually introducing us into her character, her religion. And also, too, another thing I really liked was the fact that we're not in New York. We're actually in New Jersey instead, so it's a fresh take on that. But they're inter- introducing us into two different worlds here. They're introducing us into the Pakistani-India uh, culture now in this last episode. And then at the, in the very first episode, they're actually introducing us into how they shop, the ingredients that they actually put in their food and stuff like that. I love how authentic it actually is. Mm-hmm. But what's your, what's your take on it? Uh, one thing I love about the show is that it feels like um, the best way to describe it is it feels like the YouTube generation uh, has truly been represented. I mean, if you look at the first thing, I mean, the, the fact that she's talking about, you know, doing a doing a video series on a store gamer and things like that. And then also dealing with um, with 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 the whole Scotland podcast thing. We kind of get to find out how people of the MCU have kind of found out who the Avengers are more about their pop culture status, their hidden pop culture status in that, in the MCU. And then just, just very interconnected techie wise. I mean, you've got a guy that's basically a young Tony Stark in the making uh, with her friend. And, you know, you've got her other friend who is, you know, we find out later on is running for the position at the mosque. You know, there and different things like that. So you see the cultural differences. You see Benny kind of really being adopted into family. So you got you you don't see them kind of pushing him outside of it. He's very much in integrated into the faith and things like that as far as different things, including the wedding party, especially, which I love because I love that idea of incorporating different people from different worlds into that party. Same here as well. That's something that I really liked about the fourth episode, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But one thing I like about the fourth uh, episode is the fact that you actually have some history within the Pakistani-India culture. And I also like, no, everybody's uh, put this, um, to be honest with you, they actually frowned upon being there. Now, it was just for the sake of being there, just to say, hey, look, we're going to change up our powers and not give a reason why. But this actually fits into the narrative of who her character is and also gives representation of other people, other cultures and stuff like that. And also too, someone that is like uh, the, the character that she's representing, which is Camilla Khan. And people can actually gravitate towards that now, just like they did with Black Panther, which is something that I really like. So now you have representation into this world of the Indian culture. And then you also have incorporating the Muslim beliefs. You also have that going on. This, this show is very good. At, do, mm-hmm. at planting the ground of what it wants to be. 
Yeah, I think and, the only bad yeah. thing about the show and all artists is that they dropped it right in the middle of Obi-Wan. So, I was going to get to that, too. Yeah. So she really didn't get to kind of have her own space. And I'm not for sure. I'm guessing scheduling is just the way they played it, but it felt like it would have been better if right after Obi-Wan had come out, this had dropped, and then right after this dropped, then She-Hulk drops. Like, it felt like there should have been a better bridge of time. To be honest with you, I'd rather it be on a this be on a Wednesday night and then have Obi-Wan on a Friday night. It made more sense to drop Obi-Wan on a Friday since it premiered on a Friday versus that. And I don't like the fact that this got lower views because of the fact that Obi-Wan overshadowed um, the series. Because mm-hmm. it took me a little bit to get into it. I don't know if it was because of the fact I was too attached to Obi-Wan and too drawn in to his storyline to now where I can actually breathe a little bit away from Obi-Wan and just focus on Miss Marvel now. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated this a lot more in the fourth episode than I did the first three episodes. The, uh, this episode to me is just fantastic. I've, yeah. Here's the thing. I'm a, I'm huge into mythology, especially dealing with Egyptian mythology, which is why I like Moon Knight. And now they're dealing in with the India uh, mythology, which is something that I really do appreciate with that too. Yeah, and I mean, come on, man. Who would have ever thought we would have ever had a clandestine reference in right? the comics? I mean, that comic was... I, when, they, when she said, some call us clandestine, I'm like, I beg to remember the comic book name that. And sure enough, that's what the reference is to. It's this idea of this agency around the Marvel Universe, around the X-Men primarily, that was this uh, group of Jin who basically all existed and different, did different things. So that was an actual comic that's in the Marvel Universe. Exactly. And that's something that I really liked was the fact that they covered the djinn. Because, of course, we know about genies and stuff like that. But I've always been interested in the djinns and stuff, too. And now we actually have it played out in the media thing where the, main, where the character's friend is actually explaining what they are. Mm-hmm. And also, too, Camilla's uh, father's also explaining it to her friend for the very first time, like as if uh, they're explaining it to us for the very first time. So that's yeah. something I really like. And, and that then gave also, us the greatest callback also with the hostess, uh, hostess pie. Definitely. Because you, you remember the old school comics. The old school comics, you had the little hostess ads. Marvel used to run ads with hostess all the time and stuff. And so they'd be like, the Hulk would be in the middle of the park and abomination and somebody would be fighting him and he'd get a hostess pie and then all of a sudden he'd have the strength to whoop the crap out of everybody. Exactly. And, you know, another thing too is I like how they're showing us the tour. Basically, this is actually the best adaptation of what India actually looks like as well. Because you're expecting dirt. You're expecting it to be dusty and everything else. And then you look at it and it's a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. And it actually, uh, whenever Camilla is actually on that tour with her cousins, it feels like we're on that tour with her and right. exploring this and learning the stuff that's around her for the very first time, just like she is. Right. So I like I like that aspect to it. And then of course we get the uh, the dagger, uh, the dagger thing was actually pretty cool uh, to actually see. And then of course she's trying to learn where her grandmother actually came from too as well with the train incident, especially whenever we actually see an image of the train coming out of the amulet, uh, whenever she pulls the fire alarm. And of course that fight scene in the kitchen and stuff like that. And then of course we wind up finding out that her mother, her grandmother was actually in a refugee who came in, came in and was trying to escape um, 
whatever she was dealing with. So I like that. Yeah, and it also has an interesting story about mothers and daughters. If you look at Kamala and her mom, and then you look at Kamala's mother and her mother, and like Kamala's mom, it feels like it, it really, the last episode really touched on that is where she got away from a lot of it because of the fact that her mother was the same way Kamala was in a lot of ways, kind of the head in the sky, a dreamer. And she was just like, I don't want to be around that anymore. I want to be something stable. I want to be something concrete. And she just kind of walked away. But that the relationship suffered because she walked away. And in the same way, that relationship can suffer with her and Kamala if she's not real careful because she's trying to like she's trying to be like, Well, I, I can I can help you, I can be there, but you gotta let me know what's going on, type thing. And so Kamala's not sure she can. And so it's kind of that whole idea that I feel like by the end of this series, we're gonna see those relationships healing between the moms and daughters. Most definitely. I could also see the grandmother uh coming back to America with them. And after the healing has actually begun and open after they wind up opening up to each other a lot more, I think that even Camille, uh, I think you're going to actually see her character change and evolve by the end of the se- series where she winds up letting her mother in into her life more because you see how much the mother is actually on her tail in the, like, the very first couple of episodes where basically she's very hard on her and she only wants what's best for her. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, you know, you at that age, you have your own dreams. You have your own ambitions that you want to go after. And sometimes your parents not might, might be the best support supportive per- person out there. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, that's still your parents no matter what. But it's just sad to actually see how much emotional damage that she's doing on her to where she has an anxiety of freezing up when it comes down to opening up to her own mother because she can't open up to her. Yeah. So you have that part play, being played in here, which is also why she snuck out um, during Avengers Con. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, they need to do Avengers Con at one of the Disney World things. Like, they need to do that on a rotational basis to where they're just doing different Avengers Cons at different Disney locations, and you can pick up different swag at each one that's, quote, unofficial, but yet it's Disney controlling the narrative. So, of course, you know, they can tell other stories that they want to tell, for example, in those narratives, like the the origin of Sun the the origin of uh, Star Boy instead of Star Lord, you know, or different things like that. I just find it interesting how they did that. Same here as well, because I think that they can actually benefit off of the having the Avengers Con being played into it and also having that over at uh, Disney World and stuff like that. Can you imagine just each day has like a different theme and mm-hmm. celebrating different heroes? That would be awesome to actually see in a live app adaptation into our world mm-hmm. but you know then of course you know she also doesn't fit in with her school she's also an alien trying to fit in basically because of the fact that she's different not only is she different with the geek culture but she's also from a foreign country which also makes it that much harder to actually fit in into this world as well which sucks and then you know the only friend that she has is like a peter parker kind of person that actually accepts her for who she is I like the I like how they play it off. Uh, they bounce off each other very well. I thought that mm-hmm. the friendship between her and that character is fantastic. Her and Bruno, yeah, her and Bruno got to play interesting because of the fact that Nakia kind of had an issue with uh, Nightlight, as they're calling her now. Like they haven't officially given her the Miss Marvel title yet, uh, but um, I, I don't feel like anybody there in that in the show is going to be the one to give her that title. I feel like that might be something that she gets 
at the end of the show somehow or another. I, I think so too. I think it's going to be something that's earned rather than something that's given. And I think that she's actually, and matter of fact, Nightlight is actually a perfect way of actually saying, hey, look, this character's a light into Camilla's, uh, into Camilla's family and stuff like that too, and helping her and guiding her. Well, and also so that little boy, yeah, and also that little boy she saved. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, you, you think about what the priest told her, you know, when she was just dealing with it. And, you know, she's like, well, is this person, is Nightlight causing more harm than good? And he's all like, well, I don't think that little boy would have felt that way. He says, and then she's like, well, I just think she wants to do good. And she just wants to be good. And he, he tells her, which is something straight out of the comic, Miss Marvel comics, Kamala, good is not something that you, you, um, you're born you with. Are, you are, yeah. it's something that you do. Exactly. And I like how, she, it, to be honest with you, it kind of reminds me of Man of Steel a little bit, where she's trying to find herself and trying to find out, find who she is. And questioning her own inabilities and stuff like that. Yeah, some things went wrong, went awry whenever you had the whole suicide jump. And then you also had the other thing that happened as well whenever you look at the Avengers Con stuff. But underneath the surface and everything, just trying to learn her abilities, trying to learn her powers, and trying to discover, is this power too much for me or is it not enough for me? Am I doing the right thing here? And I like I like that quote, though, that they that he winds up saying. is something It's not something that... Do you know what I'm saying? I like how they how he did that. So I like that quote. But another thing that I can say is, even whenever you have Caron, who winds up helping her and trying to save her at the party because he knows that his family's only looking at it from one perspective of trying to get back home, and if they come back home, the world will explode. Basically. Mm-hmm. So, and this is me speculating. We've been dealing with all these gods and everything. Recently, when you look at Eternals, when you look at it, all that stuff, I wouldn't be surprised that we're going to probably be dealing with gods by the time this, uh, by the time Kevin Feige winds up announcing the fact that we're going to be face to face with another god. I, I can see that, but I also see, especially with the blue skinned hand that we got the bangle off of, I, I, I see more of we're headed towards Secret Invasion. Because we're dealing with a lot of Kree and Scroll stuff. And so the fact that the idea that this is the MCU version of the Nega Bands, where the, and, and it's important to state bands because there's a band missing. And also the fact that they gave us the thing when they talked about finding the initial band, it was surrounded by the Ten Rings. So the Ten Ring, Wing Wu, I believe it's Wing Wu from Shang-Chi, would have known about that location. So then the question is, where is the other bangle ultimately? And does she perhaps get the other bangle by the end of the first this series, assuming it's a limited series, assuming we don't end up with a season two or four? Right. And how many episodes do we get for this season anyway? We got six, which means we've got four down, we got two more to go. And that's gonna be hard to wrap up. We saw how hard it was for Obi-Wan to wrap up with six episodes. Yeah, I'm so really beginning they, to wish that Disney Plus would go to a different model. I don't know that I necessarily need to have them do a Netflix where they're doing 13 or 14 episodes, but it would be nice to do like a 10-episode block because it feels like sometimes there's parts of the stories that are rushed to hit that deadline as opposed to can we spread this out a little bit further, you know, 
And like oh, I said, yeah, it may have to do with scheduling, but I just feel like it, they, they've got a lot of rush stories because of stuff. I feel like Obi-Wan, there's a lot more in Obi-Wan they could have done had they had two more episodes even. Exactly. That's actually how I feel about some of these Disney Plus shows. I feel like that they could actually do a better job at, at closing. They're great at opening, but as for closings go, that's where their struggle is at, especially with an unknown character like Malakon. And everything too. You need to actually establish her to people that don't know her character that well. Like uh like me, I don't know her character that well yeah. or anything. So I feel like having ten episodes for a character that's an unknown, we need to have more one on one time with her before we go on in and put her into an MCU film. Yeah, which of course we know she's gonna be in the Marvels with um with Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau, so uh, we know that, that she's going to be in that next film. Of course, the other reason I feel like it, there's more there you should could do more episodes is because once she does get to the end goal, there should be episodes where we start to see her maybe working with Carol and how she works with Carol, and maybe they eventually beat Monica, and then we kind of set up the marbles from the show. To where, again, and I know Kevin Feige has always talked about the idea that I don't want to make these shows where people have had to have watched them. But I feel like that's a big problem uh, with, for example, Multiverse of Madness. When you go from Endgame to Multiverse of Madness, if you've never watched WandaVision, there's a whole lot there that they've got to try to explain in that movie. Because if you're making it for an audience that didn't see the show in between. You know what I mean? And that's what I told my brother-in-law, though, too. If you don't have someone like me who's actually saw all the Marvel TV shows, you're going to be lost mm-hmm. and everything. And he hasn't seen one single Marvel show. So he doesn't know how all this stuff is actually linked up. So basically, I gave him like a rough draft of how everything's linked up after Endgame. So that way he goes in there being prepared whenever he saw if he's going to go see um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Because it can be too convoluted. It can also be where if you're not if you're not familiar with anything that's going on within WandaVision or anything like that and watching the Disney Plus shows, it's going to be feeling like a little bit of comic book fatigue for some people as well. Exactly. And, and I feel like Feige needs to do a better job of, of at least putting some kind of flashbacks in there to show the continuity between what happened after each thing so that way they're not – so that way – we don't have to play catch up in the movie theater talking while the movie is going and trying to catch somebody up on the events. Yeah. Well, it's like I had to explain to my nephew uh, about when we saw the trailer for Multiverse of Madness. And initially, of course, we saw the Dark Strange. And so I was thinking it could be this Doctor Strange from uh, What If? Doctor Strange from What If, but then also seeing Captain Carter in the trailer. He was like, who's that with the shield? That doesn't look like Captain America. It's like, no, that's Captain Carter from What If. And he's like, what if? It's like, oh, I decided to watch that. They said, yeah, it'd be a good idea to watch it between now and then. You know, so that way you kind of get an idea of who that is. You know, because What If played with the idea of if Sharon Carter had received the Super Serum Soldiers, the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers. He's like, oh, okay, well, then, yeah. So, of course, he watched it. So then by the time we got to Multiverse of Madness and watched that, he goes, oh, okay, now this makes sense who that is. Right, so now we have some continuity between everything. Mm-hmm. So going into the rest of this, this season and stuff like that, as far as the show goes, 
Um, I'm not. Uh, at first, I got. I had to get used to the neon flashing signs whenever they're texting back and forth between uh, Bruno and Camara. I thought that was actually pretty cool. It kind of reminded me of Baby Driver, where basically you wind up at the very beginning of Baby Driver, you wind up seeing lyrics to the song being played throughout they the streets. It, right. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was actually pretty cool and a new way of actually showing text messages versus doing it the old-fashioned way. So I definitely liked that. Right. It was just getting used to the style and the narration of the story itself that I couldn't enjoy it for what it is. So I binge-watched all four episodes. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes more sense by doing that, going into it and watching it from episode one all the way to four because you can see the character actually evolved more mm-hmm. in doing it that way. But you know, I liked also, too, of uh, the fact that you have the grandmother and the daughter opening up to each other, and then she's sitting there, and she's, and, you know, it's basically you're dealing with an older version of of what Kamara, you know, what she's going through with her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even to the point where she respects her mom enough to not mom, go into super yeah. detail, because she even says, you know, your mom gets really sketchy about this. You know, so I really don't want to bring it up until you, you know, whenever on the phone with each other the first time. And then, of course, she calls her back. It's like, you got to come here. You got to come here. Did you see the train? You know, and she's just like, yeah, I saw the train. How do you know? Did you see? I saw it, too. And so it's just like there's something that connects them in that regard to that power when that occurred. And so then for them to end up going, which I thought was really interesting, too, because they're kind of. Uh, even on the plane going, you know, the mom's kind of like, why are you sleeping with that thing? You know, that's not a. You know, and so it's like the mom is trying to get her to quote grow up, and even it's funny because I think what is the name of the YouTube channel that she has? It's something like Wing Slop or something, Slop Baby. Yeah, Slop Baby. And so she has a little Slop stuffed edible. I was like, man, her merch. If she ever goes out to some of these cons, her merch table is going to be awesome. I can just imagine about the Slop Baby type merchandise out there. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, so as far as that goes, as well though, uh, getting to see another example of time travel in the MCU. Because now when the dagger stabbed the the um, the gauntlet there, and then she jumps back in time to when the train was originally coming. You know, so I'm sure she's going to get a real good family history of what went happened. She's going to actually get to see it. I think so, too. I, I, I'm thinking that she's going to get a play-by-play of what her grandmother was like on the train, the character of who her grandmother is, and then after that, finding her own self in her own way with the amulet and then making those powers expand even more to become even stronger mm-hmm. to the point where they can't, she can d- destroy those gens that she needs to destroy in some kind of capacity. So I'm thinking that after she winds up finding out who she is and discovering how she is, that power is just going to overpower her to the point where she winds up becoming strong. Now, my question is as over or under, do you think that we actually get to see her go out in space and you see Carol Danvers and you also get to see Samuel Jackson and and Rambo. I think we. I think the moment at the end of episode six, and I think it will be a um, an after credit scene. Is that I think she's out working with Bruno or something like that. Because of course, another thing, fun thing about Bruno too is is that he's got this opportunity to go off to Caltech. And so it's gonna be real interesting how they play that. But what's gonna be funny is she'll maybe working on stuff or whatever. And Carol just kind of shows up. And she says something to the effect of, you know, something similar to what Nick Fury said. You're involved in a world that's a lot bigger than you or something like that. 
and she had been investigating looking for the bands or whatever but now apparently she found out that the bands had a host and so then it's like you know that that's kind of how they do the whole her and bruno thing because then it's like i think she is up in space with nick fury with monica and with carol and that's how we start the marbles i think so too i think that's how we actually started off because i was actually thinking this through my mind everything too as i'm seeing it i'm like i bet at the end of the way of actually ending that series and then focusing on building your face yeah because everybody forgets that before marvel didn't have a cohesive uh landmark that they were trying to land they had they were setting everything up everybody had individual films and then before you know we actually had what we have with the very first avengers movie and this is exactly what we're doing we're doing play-by-play of individual uh, stuff right now. Um, when they have WandaVision, which is like an individual movie, you have Loki, which is an individual movie. You also have the regular cinematic stuff as well. Falcon Winter Soldier, yep. of course, and Miss Marvel, and then She Hulk, and you know, other projects that they've got down the line that they're going to be doing. Right. But all in all, I'm, I'm excited to actually see what we have for the next two episodes as far as that goes. But is there anything else that you want to say as far as the show goes? I think one of the most important factors, not only in representing the um, the culture, which is really important too, but it also sets up stuff for other stuff. For example, the um, the clandestines that are caught are put in the supermax prison, which we oh, know yeah. for a fact the supermax prison is going to be in the She-Hulk series because that's where she's going to end up getting. Um, getting put through and then also uh i i love the idea that the episode titles give some stuff away like for example the last episode was of course uh seeing red where we got the appearance of the red daggers right and of course that's a character that's actually in uh, miss miss marvel books as well but it's just one character whereas in the mcu they've kind of turned it into a group of people which i thought was interesting too and so I, I know just a little bit about Miss Marvel from the comics, but I'm glad they're taking a very unique approach and and putting her in this. I'm really interested to see where they go from here. And another thing too that's funny, her power is based on light. Apparently, when she was at Avengers Con, of course, put the bangle on, and then she flips back through, sees the alternative world around her, and then kind of comes back into our world, and then she's surrounded by all the lights and all the lights are going off, and then all of a sudden she creates a light construct for the first time. Can you imagine what's going to happen when she truly gets a handle on her powers and she's around Carol and Photon? We're going to see people light up like a Christmas tree, especially with Carol Danvers. Yeah. And she's going to be just as strong as Carol is, if not stronger than Carol. And then you figure that Photon is going to be able to understand what's going on and be able to help her with stuff too. Because there again, the thing about Photon is she can understand different energy levels and different energy waves of almost every type known to man. I mean, in fact, she was able to literally break down Wanda's chaos energy to the point where in WandaVision, she actually is able to stop herself from being brought down using the same energy. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they bring them together. Most definitely, man. But yeah, um, I think that maybe next Wednesday we can actually do this again and do do the next uh, two episodes together and break well, it down. Well, of course, the next two. Well, of course, we got episode four this week. So, of course, next week will be right. episode five. And then the following week will be episode six. 
Because they're not right. doing the two episodes together. So, I mean, we could definitely right. break down right. the next episode. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Um, yeah. We'll go ahead and do individual episodes after this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. So, that's going to be it as far as the show goes and everything. But, Will, uh, where can everybody reach you at if they want to go ahead and listen to your podcast? Because your podcast is doing fantastic, by the way. I appreciate that. So, the simplest way to go about is um, is to go, and, and it's on Spotify. It's anywhere you can look, you know, Google Podcasts, anywhere your podcast is available. It's just called conversations about dot 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 i'd recommend putting hyphens in there and then that way you can find that and then that way you can go there and check that out and uh and so that's the best place i would recommend to go and find the podcast and we can always make sure you have links and stuff to drop in the id information and stuff like that as well and guys we just dropped our trailer reaction for hocus pocus 2 alex and i both did for both of our channels so go on ahead check out the trailer reaction for hocus pocus 2 we also did a short review of Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, uh, which is a non-spoiler review. Check that out on the channel as well. And that's everything that you guys uh, can do for this for right now for our Movie Loves Unite. So always until next time, guys, don't forget to smash that like button, the comment button, and subscribe button.